vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for music teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today on the show, we're covering how you can hire your right fit teacher. If you're a long-term listener, we're doing something a little bit different today, so let me explain that right off the bat. We are doing a podcast based on an article that I didn't write. So normally I write an article, or thus far I guess on the blog, I wrote an article and did a podcast together for the whole of 2021. In 2022 we're trying something a bit different. Some of the weeks I will write the content and publish the podcast and record the podcast, the audio version. But some of the weeks, someone else is writing an article so that we can have different perspectives and way more diverse topics covered. Because obviously everything, I'm not an expert in everything or anything, but I'm definitely not an expert in everything. And so I want us to have a broader base at Colourful Keys. Now, the podcast is a bit different because this is a solo show. I don't bring on guests or anything like that. And it's very much based on my perspective, my thoughts, and you take your inspiration from there. So what I've decided to do is record my thoughts on the guest posters article each week as we do these guest articles on the blog and this podcast will go along with this. So if you're listening to it on the blog, you're already aware that that's what's happening. But if you're listening in the podcast feed, know that there is an article which is quite different from this episode since it is from a whole other person's point of view. This article was written by Joanna, Joanna Scheel, who is on our team. She is the editing assistant here at VMT. So she wrote this article about how to hire the right fit teacher and I'm going to give you my perspective on it. Now that that little explanation is out of the way, and I won't do that on future episodes, we'll just dive right in. But for those of you listening to this first one, it gives you an idea of where we're coming from. So the right fit teacher. This was a really interesting topic for me to read Joanna's thoughts on and for me to think about my own perspective on because it's something I've really tried to do here at Colourful Keys. I decided to take on teachers just a few years ago and I did a mentorship program. That's the format I went for and as you're listening to this in just a short while we're going to have our new course up which is all about how to start a mentorship program in your studio. So if you want to take that approach to everything, then you can definitely check out that course if you're a VMT member. And if you're not, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up and you'll get access once that course is live, as well as access to everything else, of course. Now, I decided on this mentorship approach and that was because I wanted to almost nurture the right fit teacher. So if you don't want to take that approach, if you want to just hire someone and they kind of do their own thing or there's not a lot of guidance from you or training from you, maybe there's a little bit but they are a more established teacher, you really need them to be the right fit for what you offer. Because 
a studio, a school without any kind of identity sets you up for all sorts of issues because you're not going to attract people with all those different identities, right? So your studio stands for something. Perhaps you love teaching using games. Perhaps you teach adults really well. Perhaps you, I don't know, teach hymns. It could be anything. But there's something that makes you different. And there's something that makes students seek you out if they have other options available. So if you don't seek out the right teachers and you've got this mix of teaching styles and everyone is pretty set that they're doing it the way they want to do it, you haven't got a studio brand, as it were, anymore. You haven't got an identity. You're just offering lessons for everyone. And we've talked many times on the podcast about how that's not the best idea and not the best route to success. Success in impact or in income or anything in between. So I love this post from uh, Joanna for that reason, because I think it's such an important topic. And I also love it because she has such a unique perspective. I'm going to read you a little bit of the intro. She says, I travel and teach. No, I literally travel and teach from the road. I'm currently writing this article from an Airbnb in Brazil where I'm learning Portuguese. How cool is this? This year, I took a leap to learn to turn my solopreneur run out of my home studio into a multi-teacher studio school that I could teach at and run from wherever I was. And while I knew that many of my students were very happy to continue learning with me online, there were several that really needed and wanted to have an in-person teacher. Rather than lose students and have them start over with a completely new teacher and school, I decided to hire two teachers to teach in-person lessons that would be under my guidance. So Joanna was based in London and she decided to travel the world, literally, and teach from the road since we'd gone mostly online and she saw that as an opportunity and that's so exciting. But she knew she had some students and definitely student applications as well, a waiting list, who didn't want that experience, who didn't want an online teacher, and who wanted in-person lessons in her style in London. So she took on two teachers to work at her studio so that she could provide both. And I think this is just so smart, um, so savvy, and such an interesting approach. So whether you want to travel the world or not, Her ideas about hiring the right teacher are very, very useful. First of all, she talks about getting your ducks in a row. So she's talking about getting the right mindset, um, where we're coming from and where do we want to go here. What she means by this, or at least what I take from it, is your identity. I'll come back to that word identity. If you have a core identity as a studio, if you know why you teach, what kind of lessons you want to offer, what you do that's different, what you liked in your own lessons that you want to continue, what you want to be different from how you learned, all of those things. If you can write that down on paper, if you can formalize it, you're much better, in a much better position to be able to actually find a teacher that works within your studio and fits in with that identity. And then Joanna steps into a vision. 
So this is where you start to imagine what this perfect studio would look like. What does your dream studio with these right foot teachers actually look like in reality? If you're running this multi-teacher studio, how much involvement do you have in their lessons? What is the teaching space? Are they online? Are they offline? Are they at students' homes? All those kinds of considerations. And what does it feel like as a team is something I would add to this. It's really important to me that my teachers here and I feel like a very close team. And yes, that is especially true because it is a mentorship model. It's based on us having weekly meetings where we discuss all the students and their progress and the plans for the next week, as well as more general training, which we base on the Foundations of Piano Teaching course from Vibrant Music Teaching. That is a feeling that we're close-knit, that we're having these meetings every week. Yes, also, you know, having a laugh together, that there's fun in our meetings, just like there should be in our lessons. I want that to carry through, both that we are focused and organized in meetings and lessons, and that we have fun in both too. Those are core values of my studio. So what are your core values? This is a great starting point for looking for a new teacher. Whether you want to have a lot of control over their lessons or very little, you need them to fit in with what your studio is and your core values. And I highly suggest writing these down rather than just thinking them, because our thoughts morph over time, right? If you write them down, you're going to be in a much better position to actually hold yourself to them, to see whether they feel right and change them later if you want to, and to seek out teachers who really fit with those things. When you interview potential teachers for your studio, you're going to ask, you know, the basic interview questions, but you're going to want to design questions that somehow get to these core values so that you can assess whether this teacher fits in and thinks the way that you do in the way that matters. I'm not saying there shouldn't be diversity. I'm just saying in those core values, whatever it is, um, that lesson should be fun. Let's just take that as an example of what could be a core value of your studio. If you think lessons should be fun, you can ask questions that kind of in a roundabout way, let you see whether that teacher thinks that's a valid opinion or not. And therefore, whether they're going to be a right fit for you. Like I say, we don't usually look on job sites for our types of roles, at least in my country, in many countries, we don't. And there doesn't tend to be a network, a formal network of any kind. So it does take a while to seek people out but it's worth taking the time if you want to find the right fit teacher for you. Once you've thought about your core values, your identity as a studio, you can start to craft your ad or your posting about this job. This is really important, so spend some time on it. Joanna suggests starting with an introduction about your studio. I think that's a great place to start too. So writing a few sentences, a few paragraphs about why your studio is a great place to work and what kind of a place it is so that you can be really clear from the outset of what they should expect from this business. Then describe the perfect teacher who would fit right in. So what are the key skills you want them to have? You can have requirements like 
they need a grade eight or they need a degree or they need this or that. But you should also have some key skills, key um, parts of the role that you want them to fulfill. So is it important to you that they're a very organized pe- person, that they communicate well, etc., etc.? These are all a little bit wishy-washy in some ways, but it's great to put them in there, not so that you can narrow down the prospects by it in any way, really, because generally anyone applying for a job is going to look at that list. If they're taking the job application seriously, they're going to look at that list and say that they are all of those things, right? They're all positive attributes. They're going to claim to have those attributes. But what it does help you do is get clear around what you're looking for and put out the right message of the kind of teacher you want to attract as well. Then Joanna suggests including some bonus questions, and I think this is a great thing to do as well. And she means open-ended questions here. So by that, there's no yes or no, there's no checkbox. It's like a paragraph space. There's a text box space, or if it's a physical form somehow, there's a box, there's a few lines in the box where they're going to write something. These can be things related to your core values. They could be more general. But the reason Joanna suggests this, and the reason I'm on board with it as well, is that the teacher applying for it, if they fill that in properly and they use, you know, good grammar, they craft a thoughtful response, it shows that they put some time into it, that they're really serious about applying for this. And if you do end up getting a lot of applications, that's going to be really useful. Now, you may only have a couple of applications to sort through, but if you do have a lot of them to sort through, it's really good to have something to sort of filter by that if they kind of half tried, I was about to use another word, if they kind of have tried with those questions instead of really thinking about their answers, that shows you that maybe they were just applying for the sake of it. They weren't really serious about the position or they didn't want your studio specifically. Like they didn't seek out this position. They were just applying for a whole load of stuff. Maybe some non-music teaching and some music teaching, anything that would fit. Of course, that is totally fair enough. If you're job seeking right now and listening to this, I get it. You have to apply to so many. But as studio owners, we want really dedicated teachers. It's a almost a vocation rather than a profession sometimes. And we need people who really buy into doing this as their job, as their career, and take it seriously. So from there, once you have your job post crafted and really do take time over that and get it right, it won't do everything for you, but it does set things up, set the expectations for them and also frame things for you as you go into the interview process and everything. Once you have it, you can start to post about it. So this is really dependent on where you live, I find. You may find that it's great to post on job posting sites like Gumtree in some countries or Indeed or Jobs or whatever, those kinds of sites, you may find that beneficial. You may find, as I've found here in Ireland, private music teachers don't actually look there because they don't expect jobs to be posted there. So it's very rare that I get a reply on one of those. I do post on the likes of Gumtree, but the kind of paid job sites I never bother with because... Yeah, the teachers just don't look there, so there's no point. What is useful in Ireland is looking 
uh, to Facebook groups of local Facebook groups of music teachers. There's one about substitute music teaching. And although it's designed around finding substitute teachers for schools, it is actually a great place to post about private music teaching because there's often a lot of people who do both those things, right? They combine those in their portfolio career. They have music teaching in schools, plus they also teach violin or piano or something as well, and they combine the two. So those can be a great place to try. Local universities and your own network. So ask around, post on your social media, your studio's page, but also your your personal page because this is a local position. Well, assuming it is local and you're not hiring someone who could be on the other side of the world because world, it's online. If it is local, it's a local position. So use your own network if you have one and start reaching out to local schools, local universities to try and make connections to find the right person. It does take a long time for most to find the right person because the thought I want to leave you with though, if you're thinking about hiring another teacher, is something I heard a long time ago. I don't know whether it's attributable to anyone, but it's hire slowly fire quickly and I prefer to not fire at all because I hire so slowly meaning take your time finding the right person don't jump into it it is so much harder to let someone go than to just pass on them initially to say oh it's not the right fit after the interview or in the application process I know it's it's like looking for new students right it can be so frustrating and so you can start to feel a bit desperate. You can start to feel like, well, I just have to teach. They'll have to do. But that is not a good way to go into that relationship. And if you have those feelings in your gut that they are not a good fit for your studio, trust it. It's right. I mean, unpack it. Decide why it is so that you can be informed for future and make a good decision. But if you have that strong feeling that they just will not fit in with the way you teach or your students, don't hire them. Wait. As painful as it may be, be patient, wait for the right person and keep advertising and keep seeking out that right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you got something out of it. If you're looking to hire another teacher, if you're not looking to hire another teacher, definitely it's still worth setting out your core values, defining your identity and thinking about that because it informs you and why you hire yourself, right? Why you're in your studio as well. Your one thing this week is to write out a job description for a teacher in your studio. If you're actually hiring someone or looking to start the process of looking for someone, then you can use this as the basis for a job description that you post on a job recruitment site or on Facebook or on your website. If you're not, I want you to write it out and then take a look at it and see whether you would hire yourself based on these criteria. If you wouldn't, if there's something you feel would be lacking or might make you hesitate, then seek out some professional development that will help you improve in that area to make you the ideal hire for your studio. I'll see you in the next episode of the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week.
If you ever get overwhelmed by all the different teacher training options out there, Vibrant Music Teaching is the place for you. We nickname our members Flamingos because they're masters of balancing all of the things and making it all work in a way that isn't overwhelming. We have tools to help you do that inside Vibrant Music Teaching. So go to vmt.ninja and sign up today.